You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, chatting today with my friend, Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com. We check in with Nick once or twice, uh, one to two months. And uh, Nick, it's been two months since we last spoke with you. And I remember the headline I put on that interview was that you foresee the buying opportunity in gold at 1450, but we're knocking on 1900 right now. Give us your short-term view of gold now that we're all the way up to- back towards 1900. Well, short term, gold is really bullish, but it's more due to the geopolitical events that are going on around the world. You have this tension in Russia and Ukraine. Um, obviously, Putin's on the border of, of, of Ukraine. and He's got a lot of troops there and everybody's running into gold. They're running out of stocks. They're running out of Bitcoin. And they're saying, hey, if I'm going to be in anything, I'm going to be in gold, which I like to see. That's a safe haven. You know, I'm a big gold bull in the long term. In the short term, I think it's bullish, but Bigger picture, I think we have one more dip. Nothing has changed on that bigger term forecast down to around 1450, maybe 1500. I think that's going to be your uh, second coming opportunity if you haven't gotten into it. So when you see a pop based on geopolitical events, do you then, when you see that pop topping off, begin to short perhaps for a a near-term trade? I, I never short gold. So I've been a buyer of gold and silver since 2003. And, you know, I tell my, my members, I say, hey, you know, this is a top for gold if you want to play the downside. But personally, I never short it because I own it and I own every single ounce of bullion. I've never sold a single ounce uh, or a coin since I started to buy it because I believe that's the ultimate currency of the world. I don't believe in Bitcoin. I don't believe in um, fiat currency. I believe we're going to go right back to biblical times and we'll go back to gold and silver as your currency. So for me, I've never gotten rid of a single ounce and I just don't feel comfortable or right um, betting against it and, and, and making money on the downside. But I let my, my members know um, where the levels are and if it's going to go down. And like I said, right now, um, gold has had a nice surge, a very, very good daily chart surge. But this really has come as these geopolitical events have arised. And, uh, you know, they might have a little bit more to go. I mean, I, if I was Putin, I'd probably never get off the Ukraine border because you have oil prices high, you have commodity prices high, and he's an ex- net exporter of both. So it works out for Russia. They're, they're cleaning up and they're laughing all the way to the bank right now. So saber rattling can increase the, increase the price of oil, which increases the country's profits here. Absolutely. I mean, he's playing the United States like a fiddle. He's making Joe Biden look uh, even worse than he's looked this year. Okay, so when you see the war drums beating, what are some of your go-to trades? When you you know you see it in the headlines, and maybe it's a one to two month conflict or potential conflict, what are some of your best trades you usually head over to? Well, I think you got to go with defensive names, and I don't even mean defensive contract names like Lockheed Martin. I mean you got to stick with things that people need, regardless of what the scenario is, and that's going to be a Procter and Gamble, a Clorox. Uh, Unilever, uh, consumer goods, right? Everybody needs razor blades and toilet paper. So those are going to be the stocks that will hold up well in this kind of environment. Um, ultimately, there's a bigger story at, at hand besides just, you know, the war trade. There's it, going to be, you know, yields have to go up. And, you know, uh, we're seeing bond yields rise. That was a, a recent trade that I was just in. Um, I, I, I made a, a killing on uh, long yield via the TBT, both in the options 
and as well as owning TBT outright, um, there's opportunities there. But as far as war goes, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with war. Eventually, you know, you could always play the Lockheed Martins of the world, but those stocks aren't looking that all that great on the charts right now. So it tells me I, I don't really honestly believe that there's going to be much of a conflict, even if there is. You know, Russia may just go in and take a couple provinces. I, I just don't see a full scale takeover of Ukraine. It just doesn't. The charts aren't telling me that. What's your best trade in the last two months since we last spoke in December? Oh, it was by far. Well, there was a lot of good ones. So this year has been really right out of the gate. A lot of good trades. The TBT trade, which I just mentioned, I took uh, just about 18 percent on the second half of that position. I did it uh, several times with options made over 50%. But the best trade so far this year was buying put options since November 22nd. I did it five times on the XLK, which is the NAS, which is basically technology stocks. And um, we did that trade five consecutive times in a row, got out at the support levels, reshorted on the bounces. And um, now I kind of will like to put that trade on again, but I'll do it down the road a little bit more as this market is kind of in no man's land at the moment. And the other good trade I had was nailing the S&P 500 virtually to the penny on January 24th. And I bought SSO, which is a double long S&P call option there and uh, made a pretty good score on that one as well. You got any trades lined up for when the Fed, at least if they follow through, raises interest rates next month? Yeah. So right now I just closed out uh, the best trade. If you want to play the interest rate game is, is obviously TBT or short IEF, which is a 10 year treasury or your short TLT. Uh, you could do that with puts or you could do that just outright shorting. Um, but the way I did it was I, I bought TBT. That'll be a play of mine again after uh, yields pull back. Cause right now with the, the war scenario going on, uh, yields hit a very good resistance point. Uh, the 10 year got a little bit above 2%. The 30 year uh, got to around 2.3. It's ultimately going higher. So after a pullback pattern, I'll get back into that play and that will be the play for long yield. Is that your best contrarian play or what would be your best contrarian play right now? Uh, it's hard to say. I'm looking to short home builders at some point here. I think the real estate market is getting toppy. Also, um, if you look at, they've, they've pulled back already. They're starting to form a bearish pattern. So that could be another good one. Um, it's not ready yet. That probably needs still a few more weeks to go. I'd say three to four. Um, but I'm, I'm looking to do that. Also, yields go up. You want to play uh, a downside move on utilities. And utilities have fallen already. But that's first leg. After you get a bounce, you probably get a second leg down. So that could be another way to play uh, long yields. Uh, I'm looking at all of those. But for me, I'm very pattern specific, um, very calculated with math. So I'm looking to see uh, how the setup comes in. And are you playing the VIX? That's something you've been keeping your no, eye on. I have been keeping my eye on it. I haven't traded the VIX because it's been um, too tough to pick it. And uh, the, even though the VIX has had a really good move above 20, it comes down pretty sharply. It never seems to get right into my wheelhouse where I, where I give my members, I say, we're going to wait for a little bit more. It never seems to get there. Then it pops. So it's just been easier to play the downside with a lot of options um, in in technology via the XLK. Uh, that's kind of how I've done it uh, so far uh, this year and even late last year. What's the biggest risk you see in 2022 for a trader? Buying the dips and expecting new highs. And I can't 
stress that enough that so many people, um, and, and you see it really in the Robin Hood traders or the eToro guys, they've never faced a bear market before. They've never even faced a bear phase before. And, um, you know, the margin calls are just piling in on these people. So, you know, just understand, um, you, you really got to know the charts now. It's, this is not, this is not the easy money game where you could just get into the market and the, the bull market bails you out when you're wrong, because that's how it was in, uh, 2021 this time around, you know, you've got to really know what you're doing. This is a dangerous, dangerous market. And, you know, we even alluded or talked about that back in late uh, 2021, when I said I thought the first quarter of the year was going to be a bearish quarter and be ready for a big down January. And all of that has transpired. Um, so now you got to really, really be careful. You got to be cautious and um, you got to just trade the best chart pattern setups. If you don't have them, just leave it alone. The, the, the first leg down is the easy leg. It's when you get those bounces in the market, everybody gets enticed that the bounce is going to last forever. The Fed's going to come to the rescue. Central banks are in a box now. It's not so easy for them. Inflation is running wild. Oil prices are high. Food prices are high. Um, we're seeing inflation in just about everything. So again, the Fed really has their hands tied and they can't come to the rescue anymore. Nick, if you, you've been trading for over three decades, if you could go back in time 25 years and talk to a younger version of yourself, what would be the three key things that you would advise? Well, one, don't overtrade as a young trader. And I see it every day in my trading room. Guys want to be in something every minute of the day. They want to be in a position. It's almost like they're, they're gamblers. In my younger years, I went broke about three times. I remember my mother begging me to get out of this business. She would plead with me, go get a union job like your uncle. You know, Go, go, go work here, go work there. And I, and I would do it. And I would come back into this business and I would say, I know there's more to it. One thing I would tell everybody is don't overtrade, especially when you get volatile, envir volatile environments. Wait till you have a defined trend established. It's a lot easier. Um, when you don't have a defined trend that's established, uh, whether you're going long or short, it's a much tougher, harder environment out there. When you have a trend established, say we have a defined downtrend, yeah, you short all the resistance points. It's, it becomes easy. Just like when you have a bull market, you, you just buy all of the support levels that are major. And get educated on the charts. I'm telling you right now, um, I thought 2021 was going to be a bearish year. If I didn't have charts, I would have been absolutely decimated in 2021 because the market reversed in March of 2021 and it went basically higher into October, November. So again, learn the charts, learn the patterns, learn everything you can learn about trend. The trend comes in a variety of different ways. And if you're not uh, educated on how to read it, you're going to get trampled in this kind of environment. So I asked you a backward looking questions, what you would advise a younger self. What would you advise a retired Nick Santiago? Whenever that occurs, can you fully disconnect from the markets? Because you, you're just engaged five days a week, you know, for hours. Like, can you? Seven days a week. Seven, seven days, days a week. Because when I'm not working, I'm dreaming like? about it. What does retirement look like? Retirement will be me, me day trading a little in the morning and um, swing trading, you know, constantly. I'll, I'll never stop. I mean, but I, I won't have to, you know, do interviews like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, fair but, enough. Uh, but you know that that's I'll always trade. I mean, it, it's it's in my blood. It's all I know how to do. I can't even hang a picture on my wall. 
my wife gets so mad at me. She's always telling me, Hey, put this picture up. I'm like, call the handyman. I can't do it. <laughs> so got the handyman on speed dial. Thank goodness for him. Uh, I love that guy, Jim, Jim C. He's just a great human being. That's excellent. But you make the money to pay him, of course. So I, I you do. get it done either way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so Nick, I had a friend come to me just this last week and he um, has never self-directed investments and was asking how to get started. And he's, he's a little older than me. And he's like, I heard on the radio, this trading software or this trading group for such and such fee, they'll teach you how to trade and you can make X amount per day or X amount per week or month. And he said, uh, what do you think about something like that? And then I asked him a couple of questions to clarify and to gauge how much experience he has. Because he has no experience, I said, what you would spend you know, uh, on those fees, spend it on your education. And that's what that's I said. Good. I said, you got to start there because really you don't want them to just be handing you fish. You want to learn how to fish. And it takes years after you kind of get some of the basics. You got to look at the headlines every day. You got to see how the market responds. And it takes time. You know, if someone comes to you, obviously you sell a subscription service, teach people how to trade. What would you advise someone in a uh, similar situation? I, I would say focus on the education first. I, I see it myself, though, even with our services, because we have subscription services where we give you the fish. And then we have services where we'll teach you how to fish. And most people want to be given the fish first and then take that profit and then invest it maybe later down the road on learning how to fish for themselves which is getting educated. They do it completely the, the wrong way. You want to do it the opposite way, but most people aren't going to do that. They're going to try their, their hand at it first, and then they're going to come in. But what I would always tell somebody getting into any service or getting into uh, learning, start out very small share size. Test the waters. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. Make, make me prove myself to you that I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing. Um, that's the only way to really do it. If, if you're going to start out with anything, start out in a very, very small way. I always tell everybody, um, they always say to me, Nick, should I paper trade first? I say, well, paper trading is great, but you don't have real capital on the line. And what's going to happen when you paper trade is that you may fudge the numbers yourself just for a little self-gratification. I remember doing that as a 21-year-old, uh, you know, trying to test out a little method. Um, you not really. You need to have the capital on the line, even if it's a small amount of money. What ha What will happen is you'll really feel that and money. Really, you'll say, "Whoa, well, that that's my hard-earned money right there." I don't want to lose that. So I always tell everybody: start out small, but start out with real capital. Um, you only learn from your losers, unfortunately. You never learn from your winners. And then once you have enough compiled losers, you're going to go want to go get educated. And that's just simply the way it works. I guess it's part of human nature. But, um, you know, if I could tell anybody anything, learn the trading methods out there. You know, they're not hard. They're not difficult. Uh, I've trained thousands at this point, maybe tens of thousands of people. And, you know, a fair amount, I'm going to say a high majority of them are very successful. A uh, small amount of them, you know, maybe wasn't just meant for them to do this business or they went into something else. But, you know, you'll give yourself a fighter's chance if you learn how to read these charts. And, you know, again, if I could do it, anybody could do it. I'm not even, I never even went to college. I'm a high school graduate and I barely got through that because I really lost interest in school in the 11th and 12th grade, even though I was a very good student. So I will tell you right now, get educated on the charts and uh, take it from there. You know, the funny thing, if I may add, a lot of people want to get into the trading business 
when the money is hot. And what I mean by hot money is central banks, their balance sheet is at around $8 trillion, $9 trillion for the Federal Reserve. You know, the, the U.S. government debt is at $30 trillion. Everybody wants to get in when, you know, there's all that liquidity in the system. The hard part's now going to be taking place when the liquidity gets removed from the system. Now, this is really where we're going to see who's swimming naked. And um, again, you know, it's a, unfortunately a hard lesson, but just go look at Robin Hood's share price and you'll see, you know, what has happened to the people in the market that don't know about charts. Well said, Nick. Thank you for that advice. Before we conclude, your website is in the moneystocks.com. You have an option service and a trading service. Year to date, how are you doing on both of those? Yeah, fantastic. The, uh, the trading service, we're up about 20%. The option service, uh, I think we're about 170, 180%. We were over 200, but I just took a loss on, a, on an options trade. Sometimes those option trade losses can be big if they expire worthless or if a stock has a big hit. So, you know, little weeble wobbles, but, um, you know, this year I'm doing things a little bit more uh, structurally where I'm not going to take the longer term view. I'm going to take the shorter term view. So we're going to have a good year. Excellent. Well, Nick, thank you for your insights and for this update. Uh, thank you for having me, Bill. Always a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own 
own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.